If you are enjoying the podcast that I make, if you're enjoying the recovery program, then consider liking it, consider sharing it, consider subscribing it, and as well consider making a donation. That would be very helpful. Enjoy this podcast. Hi there, beautiful soul. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And it's already the podcast of October. And uh, before you uh, continue, let's take a really nice and deep breath. Hold it for a while. And then let it all go. Make sure you're not agitated. Don't listen this as a fight or flight mechanism to escape from reality. In the first few modules of the alignment program, it's my attempt to connect you again to reality. And I recorded a podcast about this. I think it was January or February that I uh, released it. And I talked about when we once again connect with our senses and our body, that everything looks different, more colorful, as if everything was a bit weird. And that is because we did not really see those things anymore, because the filters of our mind were too big. Nothing could go through anymore. Very often people on a holiday, they feel in the very few, very first few days, They feel lighter, they feel better, because everything is new then. Their mind hasn't made the concepts about reality and society or the environment where they are. So they're still relatively there until that fades away again. But we don't have to keep being on holidays or escaping ourselves, escaping reality to find a place where we can still breathe for a while. Because if we connect with the body, if we calm down, if we are really in the present moment, then the things around us, the mountains, the trees, the leaves, the people, they get a different touch. They become real again. But what is changing more is that you are becoming real again. And it was funny that someone in the, the, in the Facebook group started talking about this how everything looked different. And I think it's a crucial step that everything looks different again, that our mind calms down. Of course, there is a reason for the mind to go crazy, crazy on rampant. Because chronic fatigue syndrome, the experience itself, is the most stressful thing that I've ever experienced. For the first... For the first... Uh, well, let's say seven to eight months, I was still relatively functioning. I had intense brain fog, but I was still relatively uh, functioning because my adrenals were still catching up somehow. Today I had a, a thought about stress and chronic fatigue syndrome, and I thought about this all. And then I realized that the most stressful thing during chronic fatigue syndrome was not being able to cope anymore. So when we have internal stress, 
projected on the external world. We cope by a coping mechanism. The sixth module was all about this. At a certain moment, uh, almost everything we do in life is a coping mechanism. It's not a question anymore of, uh, hey, is this a coping mechanism? But the other, the other way around, what is not a coping mechanism? We cope to avoid feeling. When we can no longer cope, we are forced with, feel, with, with feeling. That's intense, intensely stressful. It's also been said that traumatized people, when they get when they get older, when they're in a home for the elderly, when they can't uh, do do sports anymore or walk or talk that well, they're also um, confronted with all the childhood traumas that come up. The same counts as well for chronic fatigue syndrome. I think almost everyone in this world is traumatized. There might be a handful of people who are not. And most people who think they are traumatized are actually not traumatized in the way that they think. Because if you know you're traumatized, then you're not traumatized. A trauma means that you didn't process an event with an emotional load to it. So you sort of shut down and the energies of the fight or flight that you needed to escape from the situations are still inside of you. Then over the course of many years, Every trigger that triggers this puts you in the fight or flight mode. Yet you react with the fight or flight energy to do uh, a coping mechanism to avoid feeling. This only enforces the trauma. And the worst types of trauma are the traumas that you don't know that they exist. If there is, for example, a natural disaster, people lose their parents or family members or loved ones then everyone knows these people are traumatized maybe uh, psychological help can come to help people release the traumas then of course after that it's still difficult and hard yet they're not traumatized anymore as soon as they release the emotions and process the events yet what happens if you do not know that you're traumatized but you feel just weird and different and you feel that there is a disconnection with the people outside of you and inside of you. You feel estranged from the world. You feel like you don't belong here. Everything feels weird and you think it's probably your fault. It's because of you. There must be something wrong with you. Not even knowing what happened to you. Very often people in coachings, you know, I, I, we all, it always comes down to emotions uh, frequently. Then... They don't remember their childhood. They, they, they can say things, I had a really good childhood, yet I don't remember it. In those moments that you don't remember, a lot of bad things might have happened, things that you still need to process. And with hypnosis and lots of other uh, tools, you can go back to these events and actually remember emotionally what happened and let go of the load. Yet when all these energies come at once, plus... You cannot cope anymore, you're, but you're still addicted to stress because at a certain moment you love stress. That's when you function, you want control, you want adrenaline. You can't, and I think that is the most stressful part of a chronic disease. Then, of course, everybody is like, 
hey, what is wrong with me? What about this symptom? And I've got this symptom and my symptoms are slightly different and my symptom is like this. People start arguing each other for their symptoms. Mine is this and yours is that. I think it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Some some symptoms are my body related. Some symptoms are trauma related. Some symptoms are uh, related to brain rewiring. Some symptoms are because of uh, stress that comes up. Well, you know there are many reasons for stressors to come up, and if you would like to define their own your own reasons for your specific symptoms and your specific stressors, if you would like some help for that, then we can do that in a coaching. And for a lot of these. Um, stressors and symptoms that are related together we can make them increase let the symptoms increase or we can decrease them we can also make them vanish if we go to the root cause of it yet to go to the root cause of the stressors requires you to be in touch with your body yet when we're not in touch with our bodies we do that because we're traumatized why because the emotions and feelings and stress is in our body and we use thoughts and coping mechanisms to escape. So yeah, the first step, especially when you're bedbound, is to calm down. Calm down. Go offline. Um, rest. Rest properly. And yes, this is not a this is not the solution for everything. Very often people say yeah, resting doesn't work. Yeah, resting alone doesn't work. But it's a good step. To make you connect with your body again. To let you see the world in colors again. So that you can have access to whatever is inside of your unconscious mind. The stressors that you're very aware of in your unconscious. And when we release them, you will tell me things like, Oh yeah, this has actually been always with me. Yet uh, it was suppressed. It was repressed. It was, it was hidden for my conscious mind. But it's actually so logical and so obvious. This happened. And yes, that's why I reacted like this. And I always felt a little bit like this. And that made me do things in a certain way, like a coping mechanism. In the, in the previous podcast, I also talked about uh, how life after recovery is actually go supposed to be different. It cannot be the same as before. Why? Because you're not living in stress anymore. A life in constant extreme adrenaline and cortisol and stress and pressure is leading towards disease. Sounds very logical. But go, going back, is that not an option? Because then you just make sure you, you fall back in the old trap again. So therefore, I, I called it in the previous podcast, uh, uncovery, to uncover yourself. To live your life different, differently. To heal differently. To be present. A stressed mind wouldn't even want that. They want a magic pill. A magic cure. Have you guys, have you guys tried this diet? Have you guys tried this supplement? The Rebose? No judgment. We've all been there. Sometimes these protocols that we give to ourselves can give us a form of safety and therefore make the symptoms improve. Therefore, very often we see on these Facebook groups 
these advice from people. Hello, I've been trying this for three days and I feel so much better. Yeah, well, post the same thing maybe after a year or half a year at least. This is not saying anything. Yet what it means, what it, what it, what it's saying to me, if this is the result that fast and you feel slightly better, then for me it means that you feel safe by following a protocol. But as soon as you realize that the protocol won't do long-term fast results into de-stressing yourself, into uncovering yourself, then you will realize that it was a good attempt, but it wasn't it. Yeah, most people then who are very stressed, they find the next thing. And after several years, if you're just like me, you might have spent 10,000 dollars on, on stuff and junk. Only to not give up the old paradigm of the old world. The world where we are very stressed. Once I spent some money on uh, acupuncture and it took like 40 minutes. It was a very nice and warm place with a very nice thing to lay down on. The music was very calming. The presence of the therapist was very calming. And then the needles. And then afterwards I felt better. But I analyzed this. like. Is it the needles that made me feel better? So I tried to, to make this, the same thing happening. You know, put a really nice place to, to lay down, go offline, nice calming music, warm place, maybe some candles, yeah, really cozy, and lay down for a while. And then I realized that that was actually making me feel better. And I could do that for free. Did not need to go to that therapist. I did not have to spend, I think it was 60 euros for this, to lay down calmly with myself. Yet, when we also meditate, maybe you've meditated, maybe you've done some meditation or you've tried it in, uh, in recovery because people are recommending it. When you do something like that alone and you're stressed and it's very hard and you are tempted to, to stop and do something because when you stop, everything that can come up and your mind can ramble about the things that you have to do. And it doesn't take long before you're with your phone in your hands and, and seeking up something else. And then you see, oh, there is a post on Facebook. and Oh, there is a comment. And oh, my God, and something someone is posting something against me. And maybe there is this man called Daniel who is posting really weird stuff that doesn't really resemble my values of being stressed. But maybe somehow it resonates with me as well. Otherwise, you wouldn't listen to this. Looking at my own healing process, I can tell you that healing keeps getting better. That also means it's continuing. It's a continuation. We keep healing ourselves. Healing means to become whole again. Healing also means to remember who you are. That is one of the biggest leaps that I've made in recovery. There were, there were a few, few leaps like a, a moment and after that there was a new plateau reached and I was stable on a, on a different plateau. 
And the final plateau that I hit was because of my memory of who I am, my memory of the truth, my memory of what I'm doing here. What the hell is going on here on this planet? Why, who am I and what, what am I? And I, I can't uh, give you your answers. Yet in silence, you can remember this. You can remember who you are. And it doesn't mean that it comes straight away. Because uh, in the beginning, uh, or you might uh, experience with, with meditation. Meditation is just a fancy word for doing nothing, by the way. And a guided meditation is more of a mindfulness thing. Mindfulness is a good step in meditation. To come to get quiet. To let the mind be quiet. To don't follow your impulses. Just, just to sit with yourself. And it can give you really a relaxed vibe. Until stressors come up, of course. So, in remembering who you already are, you can feel some of your peace maybe after a few meditation sessions. And that might feel familiar. And then you can deepen into that. You can connect more with the one inside, the one that is always observing. That observes you being ill, that observes you being stressed, that observes your thoughts, that observes your thoughts about your thoughts, that observes your stress addiction, that observes everything. We can only become who we really are when we stop coping. And to stop coping, we have to release stress and as well become conscious about our coping addiction. Conscious about our adrenaline addiction. And slowly by slowly you get glimpses. They might not be that ecstatic as you, what you're hoping for. Because they're usually very silent and calm and peaceful. And that might be your nature. And maybe uh, when you're very lucky, you can remember more. Just like I did. But it's not, it's not going to make your world uh, different. If you have these mystical experiences. They are the cherry on the ice. They're not the ice cream. They can make everything just a little bit more pragmatic. Remem remembering the truth. Remembering the truth means that you don't need scientists anymore to explain reality to you. That sounds weird like. It sounds almost like a conspiracy theorist. But it also means that you can stand inside of yourself. Know your true power. and Also know that everything that happened to you came because you did not believe anymore in yourself. That is of course not your fault. It's part of the illusion here on planet Earth. And sooner, sooner or later we started believing in an illusion. The illusion that uh, we're not free. The illusion that we're unworthy. The illusion that we need someone else. And that might have been true as a child. But it's not true anymore. Because if you remember your true power, then you're not a, vic you're not a victim. You can't be a victim. Even though with the, in the midst of a terrible chronic fatigue syndrome crash, you cannot be a victim. You can't. It's not an option anymore. And you also can't manipulate it. You can't be manipulated anymore into doing anything. You cannot manipulate yourself anymore. And these coping behaviors 
and you cannot be manipulated by the outside world because you want something from outside of yourself, whether it be safety, love, or whatever. You don't get these things outside of yourself. A lot of people who do coping mechanisms, they always need more. Because you always need more from that which you don't need. Because you're chasing the wrong things. And what most people chase is unconditional love for themselves. And they want it to get it to want they want to get it outside of themselves. And then you get these deals. I love you if you love me, and you love me and if I love you, and there are all kinds of rules. But what we're doing to ourselves is conditional love again. And that is maybe as well the, the root cause behind the most traumas and illusions that we have. That we have about ourselves. So yeah, I'm planning to uh, update the, thir the 13th module in, in this thing to get back to reality, to get back to the true self and see the world and ourselves in colors again, to remember ourselves again, to change it slightly. The 13th module is about not being manipulated. And the biggest manipulator to us are we ourselves. For example, for me, life after recovery is still sometimes a struggle. It's, you know, I've been, I it's my, my goal and it's my desire to keep working as a health coach. I really receive lots of pleasure and joy and fulfillment from doing this job. It also humbles me and it can, makes me can it makes me connect with others but also i see you know these parts that i had in myself in in those people in my clients parts that were there just a few years ago you know so it's not like i'm that far ahead of you don't see me as a, as a, as a mystical guru or something just a helper trying to make you help for the next step and if you know my my, my chronic fatigue syndrome lasted several years if you have only a few years or only one year and you don't even know or maybe if you find me in the beginning and you you don't even know how terrible chronic fatigue syndrome can become and you don't even value me for my work then that would be my goal that you don't even know what happened there was just someone who guided you and you felt fine again and then you could live you could live your uncovered life so in my uncovered life i still have to um become aware of uh, my coping mechanisms, my addictions and my rigidity and my, my self-pressure. So because I want to be uh, a health coach, I, I compare myself sometimes with other health coaches who have lots of content and maybe even screaming messages. Sometimes very, very often messages, messages I can't really agree with. It's too black or white and black or white is more stress-related. And maybe this is as well feeding or serving people who are extremely stressed. But yet I compare myself with this and I judge them. And then I come up with strategies for myself. Like how could I reach more people so that I can you know, be secure in my life where I want to be able to live from the recovery program and live from the, from, from the coachings. And then I came up in November last year to update every Saturday at least a video. 
and later I came up with a strategy to upload every first Saturday of the month a podcast. And I realized I can't I can't keep up with it. It's I feel so much pressure now after ten months of doing this. And I don't I don't like it anymore. I really can't stand the camera on my face anymore. I don't want I don't want to do it anymore. Yet I would like to continue making content, but different. Not me behind the desk telling you what to do. But uh, more like inspirational podcast, maybe podcast about calming people down. And I've been making music lately to use these in the background of some beautiful images. That's what is, that is what I'm hoping for. And... Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. But it's not, I can't promise anymore every Saturday or something to release something because I can't keep up with this old paradigm. I just can't do it. And I think that is as well to, we have to be, we have to acknowledge that, that we cannot pressure ourselves into doing things. But how does self pressure? feel like when you don't know anything else so when am i pressuring myself am i pressuring myself right now to make this podcast are you pressuring yourself right now to listen to me these are interesting questions what are we really doing with our time i think whenever we are uh, stressed or trying to reach something try to walk away or trying to follow a strategy we're actually making the energy inside of us smaller. Um, we, it means that we don't trust life or our energy weakens. And then we are, of course, as well prone for manipulation. If we, in those moments, then meditate, when you have become a little bit better in meditation, then after a meditation, you can feel the pressures that you usually put on yourselves because you haven't reacted on these pressures for let's say 30 minutes and then you can cry out these pressures and then afterwards you don't even feel a need to do what you wanted to do during the meditation so the meditation actually lasts longer <laughs> by by going with it not because you want to or you have to but because it's a logical consequence and then after that, we keep being in the parasympathetic nervous system. You know, the rest and digest mode. What's really funny about what I'm telling you right now is from a pure spiritual perspective, there are a lot of people who want to be enlightened. Then there are a lot of meditation gurus who tell you that you have to meditate. So let's say Eckhart Tolle, he was depressed. He was miserable and he didn't see the colors of the world. You might be like them, like him, just like I was as well. Then at a certain moment, it became just too extreme for Eckhart Tolle. He was too miserable and the miserable was so extreme, just like I do uh, with the uh, self-hypnosis, fear release, the worst case scenario. And it just gets out of your system and suddenly you're there again. That's what happened to Eckhart Tolle as well. Suddenly he was here and he was now. And he looked at the world and everything looked different. 
He was, in that moment, in the parasympathetic nervous system. That's all. He was not enlightened. He is not a guru. He was in the parasympathetic nervous system. You can go to gurus, to monks, to monasteries to become enlightened. But whatever you're seeking is the parasympathetic nervous system. The rest and digest mode. Something that has been almost forgotten in the Western world. And the ones who, who have it, they will never seek enlightenment because they feel good. They don't want to change anything. They're enjoying life. They can see all the busy people around them trying to change enlightenment or the next best thing or wasting their life with coping mechanisms like working hard or chasing women or doing whatever. They have no desire to get enlightened. This means that only disturbed people are seeking enlightened enlightenment. And who are disturbed people? That are people who are traumatized. Probably because of an unknown reason. Probably not even aware of their trauma. Or not capable of releasing the trauma. And therefore not being able to switch off the sympathetic nervous system. The fight or flight mode. That's all. In the uh, ninth module, I talk about it from a spiritual perspective via the so-called levels of consciousness from David R. Hawkins. What you see in these levels is that the lower levels of consciousness are based upon resisting, resisting emotions due to trauma. And the higher levels of consciousness are about releasing stress and not being, a, not being in a level of resistance no longer against yourself or life. Then something happens inside of you. And David R. Hawkins measured this. Plus as well, Joe Dispenza measured this. The energy that we have inside of ourselves from the different brains of the body as well, they harmonize. And your energy is going to uh, enforce how do you say this your energy is going to get stronger because of the harmony then your energy will be measured further away from your body this means that your energy is influencing things in your direct environment and this can be blocks away from your body the further you get in these so-called levels of consciousness which are basically about uh, releasing resistance and stepping into the flow of life and surrendering to life itself. Before, in the lower levels of resistance and trauma, you are looking to life via the filter of the mind that is basically there uh, via uh, lots of protocols and strategies, to-do lists, Life is hard work and you need to keep up with everything that you think that you have to do. Because if you don't, life will fall apart and you don't get things done and you don't get your needs met. That is the lower level of consciousness. It's constant work. It's sort of like living like an ant. Maybe you've observed ants in recovery. It's, uh, it's always good to... Uh, get back in touch with life and maybe you can see ants again and notice that you didn't really watch ants for the last 20 years or something 
The life of an ant feels very mechanical to me. Hard work. Yet when we get more in touch with ourselves, when we're not anymore living from a level of resistance, and our energy harmonizes, and we can release negative emotions and energies that are inside of us, energies that I call stressors, maybe it's all coming via belief systems that we have, that we have adopted, our energy gets stronger and we can influence our environment. And it will seem from that point on that life comes to you instead of you having to do anything. In the book Power Versus Force, he called these lower levels force, like forcing something on yourself and the world. And these higher levels are power. It's like uh, the image of this meditation guru. And whenever he thinks about something, he set something in motion in the past and it comes to him directly. That's sort of the energy of power. That is as well the energy of freedom. So what we're talking about when we talk about freedom is probably the freedom of the tyrannical egoic mind that makes us do lots of things and makes us be in resistance. Finding Freedom is as well a book from Raylan Eagle. It's about recovery as well. I haven't read the book. I doubt it if, if it's going really deep into this question about freedom versus the opposite, which is probably fear. Because how free can life actually be like? What is really possible? If you are thinking about this topic right now, maybe you've already discovered that you do not, do not want to live anymore a mechanical life where everything is hard work. Maybe you fantasize about, uh, or dream, let's say dream, the dream about a life uh, living off the land, making your own vegetables, not working full time anymore in an office or being online all the time, then that is already a different perception about what freedom is. And as I've discovered, um, it's not really free. Because that I've lived that life now. There is more. There is more freedom that is possible. I started to doubt and to ask myself these questions of what freedom can be like more. What is again possible? And then I noticed that this perception of freedom that I had is still a perception of um, not really being dead free. But it was the next step. Because I'm still in this level, I'm still uh, imprisoned by how I think that life is supposed to be. I'm as well imprisoned by the limitations of my body. I have to get the sleep, I have to work on the land, I need the land, I need to, f I need to eat, therefore I need a toilet. And that is still very normal, you know, but it still feels a little bit like there is some imprisonment going on for me. Especially since I remember my true nature. It doesn't resemble that really. So I think 
there is more possible. I think I can be wilder in my imagination. I've as well come across this man two years ago who doesn't eat and doesn't sleep anymore. He tells that needing food is related to being to having lots of fear inside of our body. It makes us more dense, it makes us more material, and then we need a food from, from food sources. But he says that we can train ourselves into getting our energy from that what we really are. And this as well was a memory from me, like, yes, I think I can do that. So that's something that I would like to, to pursue. But that's me personally. That's my level. That's my level of finding freedom. It's as well a continuation as well. It's just like healing. Healing means to become whole again with all the aspects, more than we can, you know, think about when we are not really free completely. I think life and maybe the wheel of life with with all the uh, the karma and um, the different lives that we live is as well a journey about finding freedom but whenever we resist something something that we have all the good reasons for to resist then we're not really free in the 12th module i also talk about dualities and how we need to accept both parts of a duality weakness and strength for example that is a recent one that i talked about in a coaching because the funny thing is that as soon as you bulldoze your weakness and emphasize your strength, that you become weak. So then it, it's sort of an opportunity to reconnect back with your weakness so you can be strong again. To eventually drop this label um, of this coin of strong weakness completely. Because it doesn't matter anymore. And who decides as well the limits of the, the boundary, or the, the border between one side of the coin and the other side? That's what we do ourselves. And maybe in that judgment, we are actually representing the energy from our parents or people that bullied us or teachers that were not nice to us. So whenever we judge something, it is always coming out of trauma again. We wanted to emphasize something else, maybe to get loved, to receive more unconditional love. And then we're again hidden or uh, trapped, I mean, in a hidden duality that is not freedom. Previously, when I thought about this podcast, I had it in mind for almost two months. I wanted to talk about everything we do out of fear. Everything we do out of resistance then as well. But I decided not to make this podcast because it would be too negative. Because for example, for me, um, even before I was born, the doctor was afraid that my twin sister was not, going, was not being able to make it because he couldn't measure her heart rate. And then he decided to get us out of the belly, to get us out of the womb. That was a decision based on fear. 
and then everything was fine and he he was like okay well at least i did this thing out of fear because now everything is all right but that is not really what the flow of life is all about it's rather the opposite so if we then look at children um well the way that people let children cry for example is because they're afraid that they might be uh too weak um then by the age of four i had to go to primary school and you know before that i learned to talk and to walk and do lots of things but after that age of four suddenly there it was all being tracked my my progress it felt like suddenly nobody believed anymore in the um, natural learning behavior of, of me and when i worked in a primary school for a while it really felt that way that we don't rely anymore on the natural flow when it comes to learning for children and then move on you know we um, we we pressure children we tell them things like if you don't uh, if you don't follow my, my my thing that i'm doing here because of fear then you might end up uh, on the gutter and having no job in life so we put fear on someone else to justify our own fear and then well, let's don't make this podcast. Everything we do from a certain moment in time is because of fear. Whether it is a job, whether it is the agricultural system, whether it is the financial system. Um, the schooling industry, housing industry. It's all because of fear and limitations. That means that we believe in illusion. The illusion of uh, that there is not enough, for example, that we're not good enough. That means we have been manipulated, um, maybe by suggestions that we're not good enough for. The, well, we, we chose at some point to believe a limitation. And that is, of course, natural. That is normal because we're very vulnerable in those first few years of our life on planet Earth. And the people who manipulated it or make us believe suggestions and false ideas were also manipulated. So it's sort of inevitable that we come here to forget about our natural state. Only to then find freedom again to find out once again who we really are. Then... Going back to recovery from chronic from a chronic disease. If we, after recovery, want to maintain a stressful image, like for example for me, I want to keep up with other health coaches that are being much more assertive, much more black and white than I do, telling people what to do as well, making fancy programs to sell via these... Uh, american sales sales module model that we see uh, frequently in life if i want to do that as well to maintain a lifestyle to maintain an image about me where i'm not really authentic then i'm not really recovered in that moment then i'm just going back and i'm going to be a personality once again but that personality will catch up on me eventually again because I'm again not my authentic self. My authentic self is the one that whispers, the one that is very silent, the one that doesn't need screaming, 
the one that allows everything but when it's get when it get when it all gets too much for my authentic self then he will give me a present um, we can call this present an illness an illness that forces me to drop all the labels to drop all the thoughts to drop all the coping mechanisms so yes therefore i choose to be different i choose to do things differently i am different um, i must acknowledge that i must work that way the other way around and i must trust that the flow of life will bring me what i need when i when i'm stepping into the energy of my authentic self and that's a leap of faith i must trust sometimes things happen as well from this in this um, journey let's say like that of trying to become a health coach trying to earn a living this way that makes me question or makes me doubt if, if this can succeed um, maybe uh, not a few bookings for a few days or last week my internet site broke down um, then as well the podcast uh, rss feed that i use uh, deleted some of my meditations and it's still not really working well then another day there was a man who owned, owed me money for something that i sold him and he didn't want to pay you know all of these things can get me out of the flow can get me back into fear or it can trigger fear that is inside of me so i want to react you know in those moments but if i meditate if i don't react on this and it's hard it's not easy for me as well i'm not this guy who who, uh, who is the, the image of perfection if i watch myself if i watch my urges and if i don't act just like i meditated on the thought as well from should i upload a movie every every week and i didn't react during the meditation i wanted to start working on everything just like in the other meditation i wanted to react on the man who sold some who, who bought something from me then did not want to pay i wanted to react but i did not and in both of these things after like 30 minutes of meditation i had to cry and maybe an old fear was released or maybe the pressure that i put on myself was becoming visible visible and i had to release the pressure that was built up over the cause of 10 months then i feel free again then i am free from these energies then i'm not reacting anymore and that is as well freedom freedom of recovery and then suddenly because i changed because i acted completely different i reconnected with a, also sort of a traumatic event in childhood where i did not um well i did not stood up for myself but that can sound that can sound very um like a fight or flight but i just told that i do not agree with this like i should have done in childhood as well i said this is unfair i do not agree with this i want something else just you know a short statement like that and everything changed i got my payment i was i was good again so yeah just 30 minutes of meditation is the most productive thing that i could do whenever there was a problem and i also then 
thought about new content, new content that I would that I would like to make, and I bought a camera, uh, a good camera, and let's see what things uh, things can can become. I, I'm going to make different content. I don't really know how. I don't really know why, uh, but it's going to be different. And uh, yeah, different. Healing differently is the opposite of healing indifferent. I wish you uh, a beautiful day. I wish you um, lots of uh, connection with your true self. A big hug. Bye.